Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, and today I have a mini episode just for you. Hey, y'all. So we're back for another episode, and I want to give you a life update in this episode, but also talk about a lesson that I'm actively learning that very much can apply to your parenting journey. If you follow me on social media, you probably have already seen this, but I don't know. I just feel it's important to talk about real life things. At the end of the day, I love being able to serve you all, give you free information. And with all everything I do, I'm like, I just focus on being authentically me and I am a human too. So just letting you in on my world and what's been going on. I am recording this on Monday, December 4th, and I'm telling you the date because a lot could unfold in the the next week. A little over two weeks ago, I was literally watching football. I had just gotten done. It was a Saturday. I'd just gotten done with my own therapy session, Michigan. If you guys didn't know, I'm a huge Michigan fan because I graduated from there like crazy college football fan and cheering for Michigan. So they were on and I was like, I need to go to the grocery store. I had no food. And I don't know. I was like sitting at my desk after the therapy appointment. I was like, oh, I don't feel like going grocery shopping right now. And I promise this has a point. And I also was feeling a little cold. I was like, okay, I'm going to take a bath. And I do this a lot where I like prop up my computer and I'll watch something while I'm taking a bath. So decided not to go to the grocery store. I did not realize that this was an intuition coming in, but it absolutely was. And so I'm in the bath and I look over and I see my dog. I have a 11 year old Yorkie. Her name is Charlotte, or I call her Char. She's tiny. She's four and a half pounds, cute as a button. And I will say, yes, I'm biased in that, but People stop me every walk we go on. People are like, oh my gosh, how cute is she? And she really is. She has such a personality. I look over and she's just frozen in space. She like her front paws. I hadn't unpacked a suitcase from traveling was like perched up on this suitcase and she wasn't moving. And I was like, that's weird. So I start calling her name and she's not responding to me. And at first I was like, I do think maybe her hearing slowly going, but then I was like, no, something's wrong. So I hop out of the bathtub, I pick her up. And she was conscious, but she was not alert and her breathing was labored. I checked her gums and her tongue and yeah, she wasn't doing well. And so I called my dad on FaceTime and he's, you got to go to the emergency vet. So I rushed her to the emergency vet. I have never at, at this point in my life felt so much panic and I was so scared and I rushed her to the vet long story speeding it up. I was there for six hours. They tell me she has fluid in her chest cavity and that it's either heart failure or a cancerous mass come to find out it was a cancerous mass. And so at this point, my dog has been diagnosed with cancer. They're calling it a heart-based mass. They still don't know what it is. And Yeah. So this has been a lot and I haven't been able to show up at my full capacity as I'm recording this. She is at the vet right now, hopefully getting cleared for radiation. So I'm speeding up this story, but 
we ultimately found out that the mask wasn't surgically removable because of her size and also where it is. And it's just too dangerous, but radiation was a really good option and really will help extend her life and keep her comfortable. And if you guys also don't know this, Char is my baby. There's no question. Like it's just she and I. Um, at this phase in my life. And like, she is the ultimate companion. So losing her, it took a toll on me. And so I know answers now, but even today, as I'm recording this, like we think she should get cleared for radiation starting tomorrow, but we need the final sign off. And so there's unknowns. So why do I share all of this with you? Because through this journey, I think one of the things that I realized is how incredibly hard it is to live in the present moment, but how incredibly important it is to live in the present moment. And so fast back up from that Saturday to now. So it's been about two and a half weeks. Basically, there were so many unknowns. My brain absolutely went to worst case scenario time and time again. And what kept happening is they kept doing procedures and they kept, so basically this happened on a Saturday, but then the next week was Thanksgiving. And so they couldn't see her. The radiologist couldn't do anything till Monday when they were back in. So then it's Monday, right? And they did a procedure. I think I'm getting the answer Monday. No, they need to send it off for cytotology. So then I think I get, I'm getting the answer Tuesday. They tell us, we really don't know what it is. And every single time I'm talking to a vet, they're changing what the diagnosis potentially could be. And then finally they're like, okay, we need to do a CT scan in order to know. And I said, okay. And then they ultimately, I talked to the surgeon She gets the CT scan on Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving. And the surgeon like warned us, she's, we're not going to know what this is unless we can surgically remove it. Here's what we suspect. So at this point, I still don't know what type of cancer that she has. And I probably will never know what type of cancer she has, which is pretty weird to think was a lot of unknowns, a lot of waiting, a lot of my brain going to worst case scenario. And basically, so then Wednesday, she has the CT Thursday in I find out that we're not going to get results that day. Thursday's Thanksgiving. I think I'm getting results on Friday. Oh no, I'm not getting results on Friday. The doctor never called. So then it wasn't until the doctor that wasn't going to be in the surgeon wasn't going to be until Tuesday. Luckily Monday, I found out about radiation, but it was day after day of complete uncertainty. So again, why do I share this? Some of it is, this is my very real life right now. And again, I show up authentically me. And so my capacity has been more zapped. And in terms of priorities, like my social media, my assistant actually was posting posts as I was going, but I haven't gone back and responded to them, things like that. So my capacity is limited. And so first off, that's something that I want you to hear. When you are going through hard things in your life, your capacity for other things are going to be more limited. So maybe that's you're going through the diagnosis process. Maybe that's you're going through a phase with your autistic child where they're having recurrent meltdowns. You can't figure it out. Your capacity is more limited in that. As humans, we can only take on so much. And so what I want to encourage you in this is how can you give yourself grace? How can you recognize that your capacity is limited and name that for yourself? And something as simple as recognizing and naming it, it feels silly, 
but it's so powerful. So that is, that it's one piece that I want you to hear in all of this. The other piece that why I, in addition to this being my real life and me being less available and all of that, that I made me record a podcast episode today is I want to talk about this idea of catastrophizing. Y'all, I talk about this all the time on this podcast with my patients and their families, with people I talk to is how can we live in the present moment? And here's the thing that, and I talked about this, if you follow me on Instagram as well, I talked about this in my stories is all of this is a practice and it's incredibly important. You recognize that it's a practice, that it's not some innate ability that you either have or that you don't have. It's something that you have to continually develop. It's a skill you have to learn. And that's exactly it is how can we take the journey and take the, the commitment, take on the commitment to want to learn this skill and take on this practice. So if you're someone who is a catastrophizer, meaning you constantly are going to the future, you're constantly worried, you're constantly saying, what if you're constantly going through every scenario that is possible and thinking through every option, all of those are indicators of catastrophization. Here's the thing, you can learn to be more present. It's going to take time, it's gonna take effort, it's gonna take intentionality, but it's possible. But even someone like myself who talks about this all the time, I know the benefit of this. When emotions come in, so this is a cognitive process, but when emotions come into this cognitive process, it mixes everything up. So yes, my brain was going to absolute worst case scenario. And there was some of it. It's interesting to think about some of these worst case scenarios and best case scenarios too, that it does help you prepare. And it is okay to go there. You just can't stay there. And I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see with the parenting journey of an autistic child is, yeah, you are thinking through things, but then you stay there and you stay in this worry. So then you're missing all of the present things. And listen, it might feel a little weird for you right now as I'm comparing my journey of learning my dog has cancer to your child being diagnosed as autistic. And it could actually go on both sides where you're going, wait, this isn't comparable to potentially losing my child. So it's not the same in that way. But you also might be saying yours is a dog. Mine is a human child. And I get that. We all have our different values. We all have things that we that are important, that impact our emotions differently and that we have to process differently. So I hope you'll hang with me as I continue to unfold this because I do think it's so relevant. And what is my trauma might not be your trauma and that is okay. And yes, it's really interesting. Trauma is such a like buzzword right now and a hot topic, but it was a very traumatic experience. Do I have ongoing trauma from it? time will tell. I definitely, my anxiety has been so much higher than it's ever been. I've never been this anxious as I am right now. I shouldn't say right now. Then I was the week after it because literally she came home Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Y'all, I was sitting there counting her respiration rate over and over again, because they told me I had to monitor for that. 
it was a traumatic experience. My anxiety has been reduced. I will say I've talked with my therapist about my anxiety. I've talked with my nurse practitioner about my anxiety, ways that I can manage it, ways that I'm coping with it. And listen, I haven't done this. I have to pick up the prescription, but something did get prescribed to me for managing anxiety. And I'm on the fence if I'm going to take it or not. I'm leaning towards yes, because feeling this anxious is really interfering with so much and it's not fun, but I don't know. I have to make that personal decision for myself, just like you have to make that personal decision. But knowing that a medication route could be such a game changer for you. And here's the thing that was told to me. And it's funny. I tell parents this all the time. It doesn't have to be a long-term solution. It can be a short-term solution, but I needed to hear that too. Okay. Back on my path. So I hope you realize that this isn't apples to apples, but my experiences, what I'm learning could impact you. So what I found is going through the scenarios were helpful just knowing the different options, because it did in many ways help to calm my nervous system down to realize, okay, I am capable of handling this no matter what comes my way. And listen, there were so many tears shed over this. Like I'm a little surprised. I don't have more emotion right now, but I think some of it is because I am grounding myself in the present moment, but Actually, this is an important but and a, an important caveat. What I'm not doing to ground myself in the present moment is shutting off all my emotions, saying, oh, I can't feel that right now. Get rid of it. Stop crying. All of that. No, I very much have been letting myself feel my emotions in this journey. And it's super important that as you navigate things, whether it's related to autism or not, it could be related to other things that you're allowing yourself to feel emotions as well. And so I will acknowledge when my anxiety is there of, okay, I feel really anxious. And just that simple act of acknowledging is really powerful. And just realizing it's a legit reason that, that I feel anxious. It's okay that I feel anxious. So I'm not shaming myself. I had a lot of grief come up in the beginning, the first couple of days when Shar wasn't home, I was like, oh, this is what depression feels like. And well, I wouldn't meet clinical criteria because you have to have a two week episode for it to be clinical depression. I could run through the DSM and be like, yep, my, my appetite was completely gone. Sleep was okay. I wasn't enjoying things. I felt ex completely exhausted. Like my motivation was gone. I did not do a stitch of work, which was okay. Right. It helped me to realize Yes, work is important. I love what I do. And there are things that sometimes we have to make space for. And this, my well-being and my dog's well-being was a really high priority at that time, meaning work took a backseat. So I feel like I'm rambling, which <laughs> I do a good bit on this podcast, but I also feel like there's so many little nuggets in here for you to hear that it is okay to feel exactly like you're feeling. And that doesn't mean we have to be living in worst case scenario the whole time either. So I honored my feelings and really just acknowledge that all of this coming up is so normal. This is part of the human experience to feel this way. This was something you know, that was traumatic for me. Char is such an important part of my life. And I get not everyone will understand this, but for me, she is like 
a child. She is my baby. She is my best friend. She's my companion. So it created a void when she wasn't there. And so my feelings are valid, just like your feelings are valid. And that's the thing is no matter what's coming up in your autism parenting journey, all of these emotions, they have a purpose, they have a meaning. And what they're actually trying to get you to do is slow down enough to notice them. How can you recognize what's going on and be more present? But the competing demand is that your brain is going to want to go to all of these worst case scenarios and stay there and catastrophize them and let your emotions be hijacked for them. So I could get to points. What do I mean by this is I would envision all these different things, but then I would call my parents or my parents were here at times. That was the thing y'all asking for help. Not easy for me, but I called my dad and asked, my dad came up right away. Then he left. He only lives a couple hours from me, but then that was Saturday. I called him back up on Sunday night and I was like, I need you to be here when they're going over results. I can't be alone. And then my mom came. So then my dad was here Monday, Tuesday, my mom came Tuesday night and my mom was here for a week, but I kept saying, Oh no, like what if this is going to happen? And realizing That took me away from the present moment, particularly once Char was home, everything that I was obsessing by, I was missing the quality time and just enjoying the thing that I so desperately wanted. So when she went to the vet, I called my mom crying and I just said, all I want is for her to come home. That was my wish. That was my wish is that I wanted to be able to have her home. And I knew that it could even be a temporary thing. I knew it might not be permanent, but I just wanted her to be able to come home. And then when that came here, it was so easy to wish for the next thing that I could have very easily not enjoyed or have been enjoying. She's still home the time that I do have with her. And that happens. Sometimes we wish for something. And I talked about this, I think in the gap in the gain episode, episode 28, the gap and gain in parenting. I talked about this where you wish for something and then you're on to the next thing. I could have done that, but grounding myself and realizing this is what I wished for and realizing, okay, what information do I have right now? It was so easy for me to create this story of what I thought would happen. And they were throwing all these different cancer types out. I will say I was really staying off of Google. The only time that I started going on Google was when we started to realize radiation was more possible in more of the better option. And then I started researching about that. So I do recommend stay off of Google, especially if you're earlier on in this autism parenting journey. There's so much misinformation out there, but there's also some of it is so incredibly accurate, but you don't have those facts yet and you don't know how to link it all together. And so I think that's important, but I found myself thinking about all these things it could be. And then I just kept coming back to the present moment of what do I know right now? now. And when I did that, y'all, I will say my anxiety dramatically reduced because I wasn't trying to hold space for all this energy of these future possibilities that I didn't even have the data for yet. And so that is another takeaway that I want you to, to take from this is two things. One, how much in your autism parenting journey 
Are you wishing for something and then it happens and you're on to the next thing? How can you be more present in that regard of like actually enjoying the things you used to wish and hope for? And then the second piece of this relatedly is what data do you have right now? So if we think about your autistic child, it's so easy for your brain to worry about the future and what the future will look like for your child. But what data do you have right now? Where are you at right now? We actually, and I will tell you, no provider is going to be able to predict this. I actually just recorded another episode with talking about manifestation with Marissa Hohaya. And we were talking about this actually after we hit stopped, she had a provider tell her that her son would never achieve all of these things. And I will say as a provider, I will never say that because we don't know. And if a provider does tell you that they actually don't know either, but that's the thing is we can't predict the future. So what do you know right now? What are the skills your child's working on? What are their strengths? How can you promote those? How can you stay right here with your child and enjoy every ride and every step of this journey. And notice it's funny. Actually, this is a great story. My mom who was visiting for a week, she lives in North Carolina. I live in Pennsylvania. She was like, she said to me before she left, she said a couple of times, I had so much fun. And I just sat there silently. And then she was like, okay, maybe fun's not the right word. And I said, no, it isn't the right word. I didn't have fun but I enjoyed this. And you might be saying, Taylor, those are the same things, but one fun didn't resonate with me. It wasn't fun to go through this journey with my dog. It's not fun right now, but I still can enjoy things. I still can be present. I can still find joy in the moments, if that makes sense and enjoy what I do have right now. And That is what I want to tell you is, yes, days are going to be hard. There's things that are going to be hard. This journey is going to be hard, but can you make sure you're also enjoying it? And that doesn't mean you have to love every single moment. I did not love, there's many parts of this. Trust me, if I had a magic wand, I would be like, this doesn't need to be happening right now. But also I think about it. It's made me slow down. It's made me be more present. It's helped me to also understand what this application is. Like it feels weird. And I'm not trying to like necessarily sugarcoat this all. It was freaking hard and miserable. And I bawled my eyes out and everything in me kept saying, why is this happening? And I wouldn't be able to do this podcast episode. I wouldn't be able to share for you what it was like to feel super anxious and super forward thinking and then ground myself and also sharing, yeah, it's a practice. I talk about this all the time. It was hard as hell for me to do. It challenged me like no other. And I still am navigating this in and out, even today, dropping my dog off and She's basically seeing the oncologist getting clear. She has to see cardiology to get clear for radiation. I'm like, oh gosh, what if they tell me that radiation isn't possible? And I'm like, okay, ground yourself. And I dropped her off and I handed her to the vet tech. And I said, I get to talk to this vet. So there's an on-site vet. And then I'm also having a 2 p.m. meeting with one of the oncologists who made the radiation plans. And I said, I get to talk to the on-site vet. And she's, you might, but if not, you'll get to talk to her tomorrow when you drop her off for radiation. And I was like, 
oh, that's a data point, y'all. What she was telling me is, and I even asked this, I said, so are you guys thinking that this is a go? She's like, yeah, we're just like wrapping everything up. In my mind, I created this story that they might be telling me that she's not cleared for radiation. Cardiology might be doing that. And yes, there is a real possibility that can happen. No question about it. But by thinking about that over and over, I found myself catastrophizing. And I I would reel it back in and say, oh, I'm not going to go there right now. But I think that's exactly it. But when I came back to the data is, okay, this team that's better experts in this, they're not worried about this. Maybe that means I shouldn't be worried either. Maybe that means I need to trust this process. Maybe this means I need to focus on what we know right now and what is going well, even admits, yes, she still has cancer in her body. Yes, this is really scary. And what do I know right now? How do I ground myself? And so it is a practice. It's not something you're going to, it's not a light switch that you turn on overnight and all of a sudden you're going to know how to do, but it's a worthwhile practice. I promise you y'all, this has been one of the best coping strategies for my anxiety. Now it also didn't take away my anxiety. Like I mentioned, I am very much thinking of going on a medication to help with my anxiety. And so It's not this cure-all, but it is something that works. It is a coping mechanism. It is something that can help me get through this really hard time. And that is exactly it, right? This autism parenting journey isn't easy. It is hard. You are going to have really hard days. That I can tell you. I can't tell you what days those are and what will be the reason, but I can tell you're going to have hard days. How do you ground yourself in the present? How do you find the joy amongst the chaos, amongst the challenge, amongst the difficulty, right? How do you enjoy your life? How do you be present? How do you come back to the data? How do you sit in front of your child and just be there and be that calm regulating system that they need? They don't know how to self-regulate in this way. And what they're going to see is by you learning how to do this, they're going to be able to be more regulated. And also they're going to see you doing it and know you're modeling it for them that it's worthwhile. And I will tell you, I relied on my parents. I'm 34 years old and I relied on my parents to co-regulate me. So your kid who doesn't even have the capacity that I have right now is relying on you. And that's not a pressure and that's not saying you need to be perfect, but what it is telling you is this inner work on yourself does impact your child. And so there were times my dog's breathing would be a little elevated. I'd be sitting there timing it and my mom's, she is okay. She is okay. And here's the thing I'm going to tell you about my mom. And my mom's been on this podcast and it was open is that going through this journey. Yeah. With my brother, she was anxious. She went through depression. So it's not about being a perfect parent. And there's things that still make my mom anxious to this day. She can be a worrier. And sometimes I'm the one being like, okay, we're not going there. But when I didn't have the capacity to really fully regulate myself, she was there regulating me. And that's the thing I share that. And I hope she's okay with me sharing it. I'm pretty confident she is because even if she has some of her anxiety and things she worries about, 
she was able to still be that stabilizing force for me. So even if you have worry, you still can be that stabilizing force for your child too. All right, y'all. I think that's all that I wanted to share in this episode. Just helping you to realize that one, you don't have to have all your shit together. I don't. I'm going through this right now. I'm navigating. I'm taking things one step at a time to be human. I'm sharing this. It's funny. I actually went to, I saw someone after Thanksgiving, they said, how's your Thanksgiving? And I said, oh, it was good. And then I was like, it came out of my mouth and it felt so inauthentic. It was not good. Did I find joy in it? Yes. But my dog just got diagnosed with cancer and I was supposed to travel to my dad's and they were having a big celebration. I couldn't travel. My mom was here. We literally from our local grocery store got pre-prepared things, heated them up. And it was great in some ways. But when I say, oh, it was good. That's the nicety that was coming out. That's the social politeness that we're supposed to have. That's what, yeah, we're supposed to have, but it wasn't good but I could still ground myself and know that it's what I needed in that moment. And there was still joy in that. Like it really was good in some ways, but why it felt off inauthentic is I was just saying it was all good. And it's what I, that default mode is. And so then I was honest. I was like, actually my, my Thanksgiving plans had to change. My dog got diagnosed with cancer. So I wasn't able to travel. I was able to still enjoy that time with my mom and with Charlotte And that is the truth in this. And so that's the other thing is you're allowed to be human. Everything doesn't have to be good all the time. So I think as I'm saying this out loud, some of me coming on this podcast episode, yes, is to let you in, but it's also to model that you don't have to have your shit together all the time. I don't, and you don't either. And that's okay. No one does. And anyone that portrays that they do, I guarantee I would literally put money on this, that they go home and they break down at some point. They're just holding it together for everyone else. And it's okay to do that sometimes. We also want to make sure that we're not suppressing it. So sometimes people that look like they have their shit together all the time, what they're actually doing is they're suppressing their emotions. And then it comes out in some big way because they can't hold it in anymore. And sometimes it's the smallest thing that ends up triggering them. You don't have to have your shit together all the time. And there are things about this autism parenting journey that are hard, but that doesn't mean that everything is hard, right? There's still joy in those moments. You still can live in the present. You still can love this life that you have even co-occurring alongside something that can be difficult. And that's what I'm realizing in all of this is, yeah, something really hard is going on in my life right now. And I still love my life. This is part of the human experience. My therapist said that to me too, is that loving and losing is part of the human experience. And I know that's hard to wrap our brains around, but it is. And this is part of it. And so some of the losing is actually losing people in our life. But in the autism journey, some of this is losing your expectations that you had for your child, what you thought their life would look like. And when we can learn to let them go, then you can come more into the present moment. You can find the data. You can focus on that and realize that there is still beauty amongst pain. And there is still beauty amongst hardship. And there is still beauty amongst grieving. 
and I'm living that firsthand. And I invite you to learn how to become more present, to ground yourself in the facts that you know, to slow down the catastrophizing, to help your own nervous system regulate. It's been, it made a hell of a difference for me in these past two weeks and it's not perfect. And I still mess up and there's still mess steps and I still need other people. And I still catch myself and have to reground myself. And I still sometimes let myself go there because I'm not perfect. This practice will never be perfect and it will never be perfect for you. But when you can do it, it is so incredibly impactful. Okay. That's today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. One thing I will share is I am accepting prayers and good energy and thoughts right now as Char navigates through this radiation journey. Even asking for that feels uncomfortable for me. It's hard for me to ask for help. And I'm sure for most autism parents, I find it's hard to ask for help too, but it's okay to ask for help. And this is the help that I am asking for. And it's something that I've been continually asking for on my social media as well from friends and family. Like when someone asks, like, regardless of what you believe in the spiritual practice of things, I think collective minds coming together is so powerful and it does shift energy. And at the end of the day, it, it creates a safety net for us to rely on something to give us hope. And so I'm so appreciative. All right, y'all. Bye. This episode was meant to be short and sweet. Full-length episodes air every Wednesday with many episodes like this sprinkled in between. So subscribe now so you don't miss the next one. And if you want to inspire a future episode, because that's how we roll over here, ask me a question on any of my social media pages for a chance to have your question featured. Bye, y'all, and I'll see you soon.